Medicare is complicated. Medicare can be confusing. Medicare is no fun to study. Will you know what decisions to make when Medicare time arrives for you? My name is Doug Jones, and I wrote a book to help you figure it all out. Medicare for the Lazy Man. It's on sale at Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com. Also, you can download and listen to my podcast, Medicare for the Lazy Man, wherever fine podcasts are given away free of charge. Medicare for the Lazy Man, simplest and easiest guide ever. Oh, say can you see the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. A Medicare podcast that stands head and shoulders above all other Medicare podcasts. He was elected to his squad to take the point. It's Medicare expert Doug Jones. It's time for the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. How exciting is that, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome, welcome, one and all. Thank you for joining us. It is uh, another magnificently beautiful, sunny, not warm, sunny, magnificently beautiful day in Arizona. And uh, Randy and I are so happy to be here, as opposed to the snowbound uh, wastes of the north where we both came from uh it is uh it is magnificently sunny i think i might have said that i just can't say enough about it welcome to the medicare for the lazy man podcast all of you people that are thinking about medicare either approaching the time when you're going to have to make some decisions or Maybe you've already done all that successfully and you're on the backside and you're just happy that it's all over. You've accomplished everything you need to accomplish to make sure that the rest of your life is comfortably protected from medical uh, expenses that might drive you into bankruptcy, then uh, congratulations. But for those of you that are approaching that time of your life where you're going to have to make those decisions, you're going to have to find somebody who's happy and willing to help you out, which could be me, uh, then you probably could do well to buy my book, Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023. If you go to barnesandnoble.com or if you go to amazon.com, you're going to find the 2023 version of my book. Put that right in the search window, Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023, and you'll find uh, the uh, four important versions on Amazon, the four types of uh, conveyances of that Medicare knowledge that you can bring to your home. You can either get the hardcover book, which is very classy. Uh, you can get the paperback which is reasonably priced. You can get the Kindle if you have a Kindle reader or an ebook, and you can get the Audible, which uh, involves having a professional announcer read the book to you and uh, hopefully adds a little bit of pizzazz to it as he's doing that. I'm not going to tell you who the professional announcer is, but anyway, if you get any of those books, you're going to have the Medicare knowledge that you need to deal with Medicare, and you won't have to put up with a whole bunch of other stuff. I could send you to Amazon or to Barnes & Noble to purchase Medicare for Dummies. It has tons of Medicare knowledge. It has too much Medicare knowledge, much more than any human being needs. It's a reference work. It's 425 pages long. Nobody except a scholar 
is going to need that much Medicare information. I strongly suggest buying my book, which is on the order of 80 pages long and has just the right amount of knowledge about Medicare for you to become an expert, but without being overburdened. So buy Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023. I don't think you'll be you'll ever regret having made that purchase. And now I'm going to talk to my friend Randy Carson about the fantastic Arizona winter we're having. It hasn't snowed once at my house. How about yours, Randy? It has not snowed once in my house. I I feel like it has. I mean, I get up, as you know, I have a couple little duties I need to take care of, and they, they all have four feet and need to go out. Yeah. And I, I take them out late at night, and I swear, I get out there, and it is so, I, okay, we get used to the warm weather. So I get out there, and I'm going, my God, it is so freaking cold. I it, There's got to be snow coming down out here. And I look at the temperature, and it's, you know, it's somewhat less than 50 degrees. Now, I, I feel like, you know, like a major wimp. But oh, yeah. gosh darn, you get used to that hot weather out here, and it's just brutal to get out there if it's cold. I absolutely. I understand that. I was talking to our builder who's working on our house in Wayne, Illinois, and uh, this was yesterday. <clears throat> and he sent me a photograph of the house, and all I could look at was the snow on the ground all around the house. My God, I'd forgotten what that looked like. It was uh, yeah. horrifying, shocking and horrifying. Maybe. You thought maybe you weren't, you didn't remember for sure, but you didn't know maybe you had built your house on assault flats. You just weren't sure. It looked like the, um, the white sands in New Mexico. Uh, if you go to, <laughs> if you go to the white sands proving ground and then go north, there's a park, uh, with the white sands, uh, uh national park, I guess it is. And, uh, we drove the Corvettes in there and you can stop at the ranger station and they rent the kind of fly, we used to call them flying saucers. I think Whammo Company made them when I was a kid. Uh, they're round things with a handle on yeah. each side that you yeah. go down a snow-packed hill with, and yeah. you can't steer the damn thing. <laughs> so anyway, they rent those for people to go slide down the salt, the uh, white sand dunes in White Sands, New Mexico. So have so have you done this? No, I watched uh, the ladies in our group, the more energetic ladies, climb these giant hills with their saucers in tow and then slide down. So, so, can, have, you, so can you get the speed? I mean, what is the speed like? It's less than it would be with snow because it's white sand instead of snow, which would be slipperier, and it doesn't pack as well. But it's still fun, according to the women who did it. Okay, well, I never once in my life considered riding a saucer down a sand well not a sand but a salt a salt thing well if if nothing else you are an aficionado of youtube i'll bet you if on youtube somewhere if you do enough searching you're going to find videos of people riding the saucers down the sand uh hills in white sands national park i'll do that i it never once occurred to me that that was a possibility I, I definitely will take a look at that because I have seen people um, trying to ride snowboards uh -huh. down sand dunes. Well, this is the same uh, thing, same sort of uh, activity. And all it takes is uh, something that's kind of slippery on the bottom because 
the sand is not quite as slippery as snow is. So it's uh, you're going to have to have something that's been highly polished to really uh, get you, you know, your speed up. But uh, anyway, if you go south of the White Sands National Park uh, or National Monument or whatever they call it, about an hour south of there is the White Sands Proving Ground. And that's the Air Force base that has the the uh, artillery range or the missile testing range. So that's why they call it Proving Grounds. And um, they uh, have a museum there of all kinds of rockets from like uh, very, very old um you know, early the early rockets that they would try to send into orbit and miss, and uh, oh yeah, and then Sputnik mm. came along, and all of a sudden they realized, okay, well we need to tweak a few things, and so it was uh, quite a, a fun museum to go through, and it's far enough south that it's all outside. So if you go there when the weather's good, it's a pleasant experience, and they have a couple of the V two rockets that uh, Hitler used as uh, weapons against the uh, British in world war two and those things were kind of cool the v1 rockets didn't they couldn't aim them that what they did was they just put a certain amount of fuel in them and then they said okay based on the wind direction and the wind speed and everything else we're going to put a certain amount of fuel in this thing and we think it'll run out of fuel right over london <laughs> or oh, some, other, some other yeah, military yeah. and so that's that was as close as they could get to really uh you know steering them into a uh, target and the, the V2 was somewhat more sophisticated, and, and they're big. They're big compared to what you would have thought. They took off vertically, whereas the V1s, I think, took off horizontally from a launcher. Yeah. I got a, I got a quick story to tell you. you. It popped up in my head last night. I'm sure I, the audience I, isn't going anywhere. So <laughs> No, I, no. I, this is a really interesting one. I read an article. Oh, well, I didn't read an article. I listened to a YouTube uh, presentation about... You you remember Apollo twelve? Okay, this yes. was a long. This was Apollo twelve took yep. off in about fifty years ago. Okay, well, it would have been it would have been in uh, late sixty nine, early seventy. Yep, and Apollo 12's third stage rocket. You know, they it just came back. Okay, it's been the third stage of Apollo twelve <laughs> has been wandering around the universe for fifty years. They now know they now know where it's been and what it's been doing, but it actually came back and circled the earth a couple times before it went back to what it's been doing. But the Apollo 12 third stage recently came back. The astronomers found it, identified it, all that good stuff. And it's been 50 years since it came home and now it's off doing its thing again. And they expect it to be back in about another 50 years. Is there a punchline to this? What the heck has no. it been doing? I mean, has it been? It's, I thought they been, told us all these things were going to burn up in the atmosphere. Well, this guy hasn't. He uh, he basically has been on a circuitous orbit. I mean, a really weird orbit, bouncing back and forth between all the gravitational forces and the and between the Earth and the Sun. Huh. That is very crazy. I did not know that the third stage of Apollo twelve did anything other than fall back into the atmosphere and burn up. Uh, well, the reason, and most of them do, to your point, Doug, most of them do. But the reason this one didn't is they had a minor, minor, minor mathematical error in, oh. in, 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 the, in the formula. And here's the, here's the weird part. The, the mathematical error was only caused it to miss, to miss a particular point in its life by 40 Count them, 
40 meters. That's that's uh, for you Americans. That's 40 yards and uh, a few inches. That's crazy. That, so I'll, I'll, I, I just was amazed. They were using abacuses to do their calculating back then, as you know. <laughs> Number two pencils. <laughs> if if they had had if they had had iPhones, they could have done all of the calculating on the iPhones. Uh, apparently, more powerful than the computing power uh, located within the craft that went off into space. You got it. You well, well I, that, I just found that amazing. That is really weird. I would need to know more. My head is now spinning with that additional I'll, I'll knowledge. Send, I'll send you the YouTube link because I know you're going to be sitting there on pins and needles until you can understand it. Well, I'm certainly going to be scratching my head. If not pins and needles, I'll at least be, uh, I'll have those birds uh, chirping and swirling around yes. my head. What Absolutely. Well, shall we uh, delve into I'm, some... I'm, I, yeah, I was going to say, we better move it on into the Medicare business right now. And, and my nominal job as producer, I'm going to say, let's move forward, Mr. Jones. Yes, you're exercising your uh, authority to uh, make sure that the content that we're here to indulge in has been uh, addressed. And so, yes. so I will almost skip the the fact that last night we were playing cards with a couple across the street. And I found out that they were going to go meet some friends in, uh, uh, God, uh, who in Pinal County, the county seat of Pinal County is Florence, Arizona. And, uh, you may recall that the Arizona state penitentiary is located in Florence and now they have some privately owned prisons as well. And, um, the Arizona State Penitentiary, when I first drove past it, I thought, man, that's a real scary-looking place to lock people up. And I saw that there was a really deep path all around the perimeter fence on the inside, and I knew what that path was caused by when I saw a big old fat deputy uh, riding around with a shotgun, but he was riding his horse in the same path that horses have been trotting for decades, and that path just gets deeper and deeper the more they uh, ride the perimeter of that fence. But anyway, uh, so our friends are going to Florence over this weekend, and it occurred to me that maybe there was going to be a conflict of schedules between our friends, meaning their friends from Tucson, and another organization that is uh, uh, going to Florence once a year about this time of the year. And so I had to do some research to find out if there was going to be a conflict. And it turns out, nope, uh, the Hells Angels, <laughs> what they do every year at this time, they have a truce with their uh their other biker gang um, enemies or, you know, the other gangs that they are not allied with, they all declare a truce for one day and they ride to Florence, Arizona, and they spend hours. You can find YouTube videos of them passing by a fixed point for about an hour. Uh, there are so many of them. And what they do is they ride all over Florence, Arizona to show their incarcerated brothers that they have not been forgotten. It's called the Florence, oh. uh, the Florence Prison Ride. I've never heard of that. Well, this year it's going to be on February fifth, as I, uh, you know, the research shows, and um, so I thought it might be a good idea for my neighbors to avoid Florence on that particular day. But uh, if you're in the Hell's Angels or one of the other gangs, uh, there is a truce, and you can go to Florence in absolute safety. 
and ride around and show your incarcerated brothers that they have not been forgotten. And I guess that includes a lot of uh, topless women and so forth. I believe that, uh, you know, there are a lot of messages they want to send to the incarcerated brothers. So, well, that, you know, you learn something new every day, Doug. Yeah. February 5th in Florence on 2023 is Florence prison run day for the uh, biker gangs. Let's delve into (laughs) Medicare, shall we? Um, I have a whole stack of things as I often do. Uh, first of all, we had an interesting event occur yesterday morning and I'm going to cut to the chase. We got a call that looked like it was from another insurance agent. Actually, it was a text. Mary received a text on her phone that said, I'm from Wellcare. My name is Jen. J-E-N, and I am. I must talk to you about your updating your your well care coverage. Now, this is for her prescription drug plan. We don't have any Medicare Advantage plans in our house, which is the other product well care sells. But the well care drug plan they have is often very good for people that take few or no drugs, and that describes Mary. So I sold her the well care drug plan a couple of years ago. And she received this text yesterday morning that said, my name is Jen. I need to talk to you to bring your account uh, up to date. We might have to make some changes. And so that irritated me because I thought, well, I'm her agent. Shouldn't they be calling her agent to explain why there might be a problem with well care? And so I called the number that um, Jen left on Mary's uh, phone and it would not take a call from me. And I then called that same number from Mary's phone and it accepted the call and some foreigner answered. I, I don't know what sort of nationality or where it was in the world, Filipino, Indian, I don't know. But they said, Jen is not here, but my name is so-and-so and I will help you solve the problem. Why are you calling? Were you calling for Jen? And I said, yeah, let's say that we were calling for Jen. Well, it turned out that they weren't trying to steal my client away, like I thought. They weren't trying to change plans or to sell Mary on a different drug plan or a more expensive plan. What had happened was that she got the bill and pays an annual premium. So she mailed the check-in to a, a P.O. box in Chicago. And the the U.S. mail is such a sorry institution these days that apparently it's still in transit. And so these people were tricking Mary into calling in because she ordered a refill of a prescription. And since she hadn't paid her premium, they wanted to give her the third degree about why in the heck she would be using the plan when she wasn't paying for the premium. And the premium is pretty cheap. It was like $8 and 50 cents a month. And she doesn't have many prescriptions, but she has eye problems. So this would be for prescription eye drops, but to have this fake gen call and, or a text and leave a message and to get Mary to call in, it was all a cheap trick. So if you have not paid your premium on time, and if you want to get a, 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 a script, a, a, prescription renewed, you might have some weird communication from your prescription drug plan as we did. So just a word to the wise. I, until I realized what was going on, 
that it was an attempt at collections or at least an attempt at understanding why they hadn't been paid yet for the premium due uh, and that Jen was an absolute fake name. Uh, I guess they made a bunch of calls to all these people and they used the same Jen, the same name, uh, so that the uh, the call center, when return calls came in, would know what the subject matter was. So once I said Jen, they understood why I was calling on Mary's behalf and they explained the problem and we were able to solve it amicably. Uh, now, another somewhat more serious problem is I have a client who became my client in the fall of uh, 2022 and I ran her drugs through the government database on Medicare.gov and it laid out all the 23 or four prescription drug plans that are available in her county uh, side by side from the cheapest to the most expensive. And I said to her, Nancy, this one is the plan for you. It is the cheapest of all the plans available, but I may not have stressed the fact that that could change. And so we, um, we started her on that drug plan last year. I said, November, I think she was actually my client earlier in the year, like maybe in the summer. So I got her the cheapest drug plan. And then in uh, the fall, when AEP, or what we often call open enrollment, came around, it was time and should have been time to reevaluate to see if that drug plan was still going to be the best one for her for the following year. And what you can do from October 15th to December 7th is select a different plan to start January 1st. And sometimes the, the drug companies, the insurance companies that hold these drug plans out to their clients do some sneaky things without telling you. But the government makes them tell you what they have in mind for the next year. And they do that by way of ANOC, A-N-O-C, Annual Notice of Change. And so they're supposed to tell you, if you are their client, what the uh, new premium is going to be for the following year. And if there are any changes in the drugs they're going to cover, what those changes might be. Like, is there going to be a big copay for a certain drug that you might take? And you might say, oh, I need to look at a different plan that won't be as expensive as the current plan I have. So Nancy got caught in that trap. I may not have stressed to her that it's important to look at the annual notice of change each year, but she had a plan, was paying $22 in premium for it, and her drugs were generics at uh, virtually free, uh, no co-pays whatsoever for those drugs. And what happened was the um, annual notice of change came to her. It looks like a legal document that nobody would ever want to have to read. Most people my age would need a magnifying glass in order to uh, decipher the printing. It's so small uh, at the annual notice of change. It looks like a multi-page uh, boring document that really is, you'd rather throw it away than have to deal with the contents. And what happened was it announced it buried in that uh, document somewhere that her premium was going to go from, I think, $22 to $33. Yes, it went from $22.70 to $33.50. And uh, they didn't make a big announcement. They didn't send a message to all of their agents that sell the product. They told the policyholder in a very sneaky way. 
And so what happened was Nancy did not take steps to uh, let me know that her plan wasn't going to be acceptable this year. And I had to go back to work to see what would have happened. Well, I think the news is pretty good because her best plan would have been cheaper, but not a whole lot cheaper. So the the news was that she's not losing out on that much extra cost during the course of this year, but it's not ideal. I could have made it ideal for her. So I think the lesson to be learned here is, A, when you get the annual notice of change in the fall, and that could show up in September or maybe early October, pay attention to it because it might have, it might expose the surprises that you're insurance company for the drug plan has. Now, if you've got a Medicare Advantage plan, that annual notice of change could be critical to your use of the plan the following year. It could indicate many important changes. But with the drug plans, the number of things they can screw around with is much smaller. And uh, since I don't sell uh, Medicare Advantage plans, I'm just warning that the drug plan that I sold you might need to be reviewed, and I'm happy to do that for you. Uh, You can also do it yourself using the instructions in Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023, because it's really simple once you understand. And uh, the most complicated thing for me is figuring out what drugs you take. But since you're the one that has the containers there, I believe it is a very simple and painless process for you to go through to determine what drug plan is going to be the best one for you next year. So another little uh, thing that happened is I got an article uh, shoved at me and it's, I was talking a couple of episodes ago about Alzheimer's drugs and how there is some difficulty with the efficacy of certain drugs. I don't remember this name, cassava. But there is a company, I guess, called Cassava, and their Alzheimer's drug has been tested. And it was uh, there were a lot of high hopes given for its success, but it turns out that um, the test results are in. And Cassava Sciences, which claimed that its experimental treatment for Alzheimer's disease was capable of improving the cognition for patients, it has benefits that are no better than a placebo as it turns out. And I would have more detail except for the fact that this particular website doesn't want me to uh, read their stuff for free. So it kind of peters out and I cannot, um, cannot read without paying the, uh, the, um, the fee they want to charge. It's like a toll bridge. You got to pay money to cross the bridge. And uh, I'm not crossing that bridge with this article. I know now not to pay anything for that Alzheimer's drug, not to hang my hat on the hopes that it will be a solution for Alzheimer's patients. And I see by the old clock on the wall that I've been yakking so long, our time is up. Is that true? No, Randy's <laughs> Randy's <The> crickets, paralyzed. <laughs> the crickets have chirped. I figured that, judging by what my clock says, the crickets I know either chirped or died of old age. Well, there is that possibility, but actually they chirped, and then I, I cut them off before they, you know, they bother you. So I, I basically every every time we record, I'm over here smashing crickets. Yeah, but they multiply faster than you can smash them. I, I, I know they do. I know they do. 
Well, you know something? We have really had a good episode today. I, I thoroughly enjoyed every bit of it, as I always do. And I always learn something because I'm not an expert like you are. Oh, boy. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, <laughs> that Enoch is not going to be pleasant, but you should add that to your annual reading list. Oh, my God. I, I'm i going to have to sit down over a beer to do that. that. That's the only way I can sit still long enough to read something like that. Well, whatever it takes. In fact, I'll join you. Well, yeah, we could do it together. We could absolutely. absolutely we could do it together. Well, we need to go ahead and sign off. But before we do, I always need to thank the audience. Thank you for joining us. We could have been doing a whole lot of different things. You could have been, you know, out driving your convertible in the nice weather. You could have been, you know, snow skiing up in Colorado. You could have been doing a lot of things, but you weren't. You are here with us listening to an episode of Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast, and we certainly appreciate it because without that, we wouldn't be having nearly as much fun as we do with you. Doug already talked about all the various ways you can come across a copy of his book, his audio, his electronic uh, Kindle version. Uh, we talked about a lot of different things, but one thing he didn't touch on, and he always you know, looks for me to do that, is if you find a way to give us a podcast rating, we would certainly appreciate that. And if it was five stars, we would be ecstatic. And if you could do the same for the book, we would be out of our minds with yeah, uh, yes. joy. Absolutely. Absolutely. So... If you could do that for us, we'd be really appreciative. But in the meantime, I always remind folks that Doug is a nationwide licensed agent. Sometimes that based on how we construct this podcast, that gets kind of not left by the wayside, but it's not as clear some days as it could be. So anyway, Doug is a licensed agent nationwide. You got it. He can sell it. So anyway, he also likes to get email at dbj at mlmmailbag.com because he loves to hear from you. So today you have just spent about 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance guy, insurance guy from Oklahoma. No more. He's living in the high altitude behind Cave Creek, Arizona in his... Fortress, Fortress of Solitude. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Bye-bye, everyone. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>